Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Startup Sales. I'm really excited to have uh, today's guest with us. It's uh, Aaron Kroll. And a lot of you probably already know Aaron. He has one of the largest groups on Facebook for uh, for SaaS founders. It's called uh, SaaS Growth Hacks. Uh, it's about 19,000 members. He is very knowledgeable all around SaaS and growth and, and everything like that. So I've been really excited to get him on the show and happy that he came on today. So it's, we're going to be diving a lot into a lot of actionable insights for you. So make sure you have a pen and paper ready and looking forward to it. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Before we get to today's episode with Aaron, uh, I wanted to tell you something that's really exciting that I've been working on. Uh, I'm creating two new uh, workshops uh, for all you founders out there. And what they're going to be is the first one will be all around engagement, how to get more engagement and more conversations uh, with potential buyers. That means either from inbound, also from outbound, and all the different techniques and, and step-by-step guides to do it so that you're getting a lot more conversations with potential buyers. The second one will be all about converting those people. How do we get them to convert? How do we push them through? Like, what is the phone structure? Uh, like, what's how do I run a demo? How do we do the testing and POC? And how do we do negotiation? So it's really creating a step-by-step guide just for you and your company. Uh, they're going to be terrific workshops. If you're interested, just uh, drop me an email at adam at startupsales.com. Io, at startupsales.io, or you could find me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message there and let me know you're interested. Let's get to today's episode with Aaron. Aaron, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So can you give everybody listening a little bit of background and uh, as to why they should be listening to you? Yeah. Um, so I have been uh, working with SaaS companies for the past four years exclusively. Um, and uh, I've been working with everyone, companies ranging from just getting funding to a uh, few hundred million in, in ARR. And I help them do three things specifically, uh, acquire more traffic, more leads, convert those leads into, into paying users and then retain those paying users. And um, at pa- in the past four years, I've interviewed hundreds of SaaS companies and I've worked with, with hundreds of SaaS companies to develop kind of frameworks and strategies that work that we test uh, in different industries and markets. And over time, we've just developed kind of a program that um, helps companies scale faster. So um, I have a lot of experience with, uh, with working with SaaS companies in the growth and helping them get more users, get more leads, and then retaining them. Well, it's uh, kind of like uh, everything everything a company needs to get to get the traction, so that they can raise the next round and continue to the cycle all over again. Yeah, most of the stuff, most of the stuff. Um, I don't really, I don't do a lot with like you know, uh, invent the investment side and round it, uh, raising funds and VCs. Most it's mostly just like anything to do with get more leads, convert those leads, and then keep them around. Yeah. So. 
All right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about acquiring. Uh, if I'm an early stage company, uh, just raise a seed round or maybe even a, where, what is the best approach? Where should I go and to start acquiring uh, new leads? So it's a great question. It, it really depends on, uh, on, on your sales model and your, your LTV and, uh, and what you can afford to go get a, afford to, to pay for a customer and what a customer is worth to you. Um, there's, we've broken it down into like different buckets. We have, uh, there's SaaS companies who are below, I don't know, like within the five to, you know, hundred dollar a month range. And then you have a hundred to 500, then 500 and higher. And so if you're doing, uh, if you're, if you're in the five to a hundred dollar a month range, um, the easiest and fastest way to get clients we found is through uh, is through joint ventures and working with people who already have the traffic that you want and then creating really good offers for them and then promoting it to their audience. Now, that's a really, really quick like explanation. I mean, it, uh, I could spend hours talking about that, but it really doesn't make a lot of sense for you to spend unless you have a lot of funding and a huge runway to spend years doing SEO and content try to get the traffic to where you want it to be. Uh, or if you don't have like a hundred people in, you know, the Philippines or India to like write content for you to like build up your traffic. Uh, it's the easiest way is to go find your audience and then, and then get an offer in front of them that, that that's really, really good. Um, if you're in the higher, higher hundred dollars and more, uh, the, the fastest way we found is what I call the focus 100, which is finding a list of the hundred best customers, that, that are currently not using your tool and going after them with a, a really consistent six month follow-up campaign um, with a strategic campaign to get their attention, show them uh, why they need your product and then selling them on your product uh, and then getting them in the door. So um, we found that that's the, probably the most effective way is having a, a list of customers that you should be going after and focusing and targeting on. Um, and then at the same time, developing, uh, either your inbound marketing strategy or, uh, some type of like, you know, you could have another outbound strategy going, or you could have focusing on your inbound. Um, so, so those are the two like main, uh, in a real quick nutshell, like those are the, the two areas where we, where I suggest you start. Okay. I, I like the, the focus 100 and I, I completely agree with that. I think it's so important to, to drive down. Cause then you're not trying to like fire in all directions you you know who you want to go after you you spend the time and energy going after them yeah but what is a six month follow-up campaign what what do you do there yeah great um so so i i borrowed this from a few different books sell like crazy uh some chet holmes ultimate sales machine um Richard Harshaw, I've listened to all these, these people. These aren't, these aren't my ideas. I've just combined them all together to create it for SaaS. Um, but the idea is that uh, you approach somebody you know you can help, who's a good fit for your, your product. Um, and you just consistently follow up with them with a series of messages, uh, either product focused, as in we have a product that's really going to help you. And here's how, and I want to prove it to you. Let, let's get you on the phone. And like, I want to you know, I'm confident I can help or, um, more strategy, uh, problem focused, which is, um, let's say you're focusing on contractors, 
uh, we we will create a PDF or a quick presentation like the five biggest mistakes contractors are making in 2020. Um, and we use that as a lead gen offer. You get a contractor on the phone uh, or on Zoom, present this presentation to them, kind of show them what's happening in 2020, the things they need to avoid. And then at the end of the presentation, mistake number five or six or whatever is not having the right tools and then talking about uh, your tool and what you need to look for when you're picking a tool that you provide. So for instance, if you're a CRM, last one is not having the right CRM. And then here's what, here's what to look for when you're trying to pick a good CRM. So we call that the indoctrination offer. And so you're, uh, you're indoctrinating your user or your customer uh, to 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 um, reset their buying criteria, so they know what to look for when they're going to go buy a product that that you're selling, and um, and it just makes sense that they're going to buy your product because you've already educated them on what to look for. That makes sense. So those are two different strategies that we go. And then the six month follow up is really just every every couple of weeks saying. Um, and we have some creative ways of of going after these, uh, sending emails and, and videos and LinkedIn messages and Facebook messages, but they're all pretty much the same as um, uh, we've, we've identified you as a company and a business. We think we can really, really help you do X, Y, Z. Um, give us an opportunity, give us 15 minutes and we'll show you. And if it's not worth your time, uh, I, I usually say something, we'll give you a gift worth a thousand dollars or something like that um, to, uh, to really provide value and make it worth their time. And so sometimes, uh, and th those, those messages change, um, but essentially it's just following up every couple of weeks, uh, to get them into, uh, to get them onto, onto a call. Interesting. The two things I, I want to get back into the, the, that the follow-up campaign, but before you were talking about the, how you set them up and you explain what you need in a CRM, for example. And I really like that because you also, if you've done your homework and you know where your competitors are weak at, you could also set it up so that and emphasize on how important it is on particular features or functionality that you have that your competitors don't. And then that way you're kind of like educating them. And so when they do go speak to the competitors, because they will, they're going to, they can't win. Exactly. It's even better if you have the 12 questions at you should ask every CRM sales rep. Yeah. Right. And have the <laughs> questions you should ask him, like, well, how long is your contract? Oh, it's 12 months. And then in the questions you say, if there's, if there's any contracts immediately back away, we don't offer any contracts, you know, like you can leave whenever you want. Um, and so that's exactly right. It's exactly right. And then, and, uh, by the time they finish reading the questions or listening or watching your presentation or reading a PDF, they're already pretty much sold on the product. Okay. But doesn't it come through as a little bit uh, like too pushy and too salesy when you're writing the initial uh, contact like, Hey, here's how we could help you. Isn't it, shouldn't it be more about them? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, th and that's what it is. It is, it is all about them. Um, and, uh, and, and, and here's the thing about, and, and I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and working on this strategy. There's a difference between being pushy and salesy and, uh, and really wanting to provide some value to someone. And so if you, if you approach someone and say, Hey, listen, I have this tool that I think can help you. I've looked at your website. I'm really confident that I can help um, solve these specific problems for you. Would you mind hopping on a quick chat with me? I could find out what the, what your biggest challenges are and see if I can solve them. 
Um, and if not, I'll do my best to point you in the right direction. If you come across like that, uh, people are more willing to talk to you than if you said, I want to sell you, I want to sell you my content marketing services. Here's all the content marketing services we provide. You know, it's not. So when I say, here's how we can help you, or here's how, what we can do for you. It's, it's a little bit, it, I'm simplifying it quite a bit. It's, it's really like, you know, uh, you're a construction agency or you're a, a dentist or, um, uh, or you're a, you're a SaaS company or whatever it might be. And we know you're having specific challenges. I, I feel like I can really solve them for you. And you know, what you're, what you're really saying is I don't want to give up until you hear it. Because if, if you don't, if you don't hear what I have to say, you could really lose out on a lot of, uh, uh, either extra revenue, or you could lose a lot of time or lose a lot of uh, resources. Like you really have to have the customer's best interest at heart. Um, and if it's not a good fit, you have to say, I'm not a fit. Uh, but having the focus 100 really makes you think about who is it that you can really help if your, if your resources were unlimited and you could have work with any customer, who would you work with? And what is the result that you could get them? They could almost guarantee them. You could get if they all, if they fit the right criteria. And if those are the people, um, there's no reason to not follow up with them over and over again until they get on a call with you. Because when they get on that call and they get off, they're going to say, wow, I'm glad I talked to that guy because he had, because they really had some good information, really helped open my eyes to some things. Um, but you have to be confident in the back end. You know, you can't just, you know, if you're, if you're full of, full of a lot of promises in the front end and don't deliver, then, then yeah, you're a spammy sales, salesy, <laughs> wormy, swarmy, squirmy guy. So uh, I've got, I've got a great car for you. There's no problems on it. It's super cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I don't know, I call my, I, I kind of refer to myself as like an introverted seller. Um, a, a lot of my sales messages are, Hey, if, if you have X, Y, Z, there's a chance I can help. Would you be open to chatting the revenue, extra revenue for you could be really, it could be substantial, you know? And if it's even something that they are interested in learning about or talking about or a problem that they have, then, uh, then I talk to them. And if I say, I, I turn people down all the time. I say, no, like I'm, it's not a good fit for me. And I tell my clients that same thing. I say, uh, bringing on the wrong client is just going to cause you headache in the long run, even if they're willing to pay you a lot of money. Um, so by being really specific on who you can help and who you can't help, you automatically increase your trust and credibility. And also, you know who to go after. Yeah. And I think it's so important because if you bring in the wrong clients, you spend all your time on products wise, like focusing on them. You spend your, your customer support focusing on them and, and you don't actually make a profit on them because you're putting so much energy and time into them. Yeah. All right. So is, is this kind of uh, focus 100 and this kind of follow-up campaign, the same approach you would take for the $500 plus? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. Sales it process. Is. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you are 500 and lower, or if your um, your ACV uh, is you know a few thousand or more, um, this is a really good strategy for you to get up get your MRR up really quick. Like, go find 100 of your best clients, uh, get them in, and if your MRR is uh, you know $500, 20 new clients. You know what is that? 33, 20 new, 20 new clients at five hundred dollars a month. That's that's pretty good, right? It puts you in a really good position. Then you have more money to spend. You have a longer runway to go figure out what inbound marketing strategies to use. You can start doing more scalable stuff. But for most for most founders, they don't have like 
you know, two, $5 million in funding to spend three years trying to figure out how to position the product. Like they, you don't have a runway like that. So the, the pick your customer, go after them as hard as you can solve their problems as the best you can and make them as happy as you possibly can. And then once you have money coming in, then you can, you can do it. If you're, if you're like a $5 a month, $10, $20, $50 a month, um, you know, even if you got a hundred new clients, it's still only like five grand MRR, right? Yeah. So, so, you, so that's where you want to approach either influencers and JVs and say, build a relationship with people who are already in your market and say, Hey, what can I do to help, help you? Can I create some content for you? Can I review your product for you? Um, I'll, I want to, you know, can, can I bought your book? I love it. Can I leave a review? Can I, you know, could, would you be interested in being, could I review you? Could I interview you for my audience? You know, um, build a relationship with them and provide a lot of value and say, Hey, you know, I have a tool that might help your users. Would you, would you, would you open to chatting about it? And then, um, you only really need a couple of really good relationships with people that are influencers or in your industry who really love your tool, um, to, to make a huge impact. Like I, I just interviewed a guy a couple weeks ago who did seven figures in, um, in about 14 days just by, by talking to influencers and, um, he didn't spend a penny on ads. Uh, he, he was a little bit, he had, he already had an audience, but he, he, he leveraged a lot of other people's audiences, but that's really the fastest way to do it. If you do it right, um, you don't come off as slimy. Uh, you really provide a lot of value and you build some really good relationships with people in the, in the, in the interim. Excellent. All right. So we've gotten this far. We've gotten their attention. We've got them on the phone. Uh, now how do we convert them? Yeah. So it depends. Um, if you're doing, if you're doing the focus 100, most of the conversions are going to come through one-on-one -on -one demos. Um, and if you're doing demos, there's a really, uh, specific way I like to do demos. Uh, the first call is a discovery call to figure out what are your biggest challenges it's all about the customer. And the second call is here are the biggest challenges you specified. Here's how our tool can solve them for you. And, and then adding in some, um, some extra things that you think can help, right? So that's different from what most people do, uh, when they say, here, can I show you a demo of our product? And then they just go through a huge slideshow, an hour slideshow of all the stuff that, um, their tool does and doesn't really touch on the customer's pain points. So as long as you're, you're focused on solving problems and not showing off the product, your demos are going to be really good. Let's say you've already, let's say you're in a, in a, you know, there's a few different models. You have a hybrid demo and trial, trial, and then mostly demo. If you're in a trial to paid model, um, it's a little bit more difficult because you're not talking to users throughout the sales process and you kind of have to figure things out as you go. Um, most, most of the really successful and fast scaling founders, even no matter what price point they, they're at, they always do demos initially. Um, because if they can't sell the product, in a one-on-one -on -one demo with someone, there's no way they're going to be able to scale a low-touch sales process, um, or very unlikely. It takes a lot, a lot longer. So once they've identified, okay, here's what people love. Here's how the, the onboarding should be. Then you turn that into like an onboarding process. And then that's where you, we talk about like, you know, what emails to send, how to get people to move to an aha moment. How do you troubleshoot campaigns? What our strategy is we, we look at what are the things a user needs to do in the product to see the value of the product. Um, 
and or to see a lot of people talk about an aha moment. And I think that's great. I think that that there is for a lot of tools an aha. There is one like specific aha moment you want to get users to. But for for a large majority, it's it's just like a lot of little things that add up that really make uh, you see the value of the tool. Like you realize, oh, it's got this specific filter that you know, my, that other tool didn't have, or it's got this really, you know, it's really easy to do this specific thing in the tool. Um, and so those are the things that you want to, I would call it the path of first value, which is introducing these features to a user, getting them to use the features and making sure they're having success with the product. Um, however you need to do that. And, um, and sometimes that involves like sending videos. Sometimes that's hot, you know, a once a week, uh, getting started call for everyone that signs up to kind of show them how to use the tool. Like you really, you can't um, force your users to onboard in the way that you want. You have to find out what's best for your users and then give it to them. Unfortunately, that's just the way that it works. So, um, you know, if, if I say, I don't want to talk to anyone, I never want to have to talk to customers. I never want to have to interact with them, but I want to have a low touch process with the 40, you know, 20% conversion rate. Um, chances are that's not going to happen. Um, or if you want to do a low touch onboarding for like a, a million dollar a year client, um, and don't have a salesperson, that's not going to work either. So, so working through this and kind of tailoring your process based on what your customers really need to be successful and then giving it to them, that is where you really find the magic happen. And then the strategies come after that, like, like the, what, what emails to send out and what triggers and in-app messages. And should you do a product walkthrough, a product tour? Should you have hotspots or checklists? All that stuff kind of augments the bait, like the real, foundation, which is what do your customers really need and what's the best um, way to get that information to them so they have success. It's, uh, I'm working with a client now where we are really struggling to, to get in contact with the trial because it's trial to sign up. And it's funny because that you brought it up because what normally works for this industry and this kind of sales process is not working with this particular uh, clients. So now we're trying different things like sending the videos that you said, sending, doing video walkthroughs or, or uh, like walk me kind of things to, to help the client onboard. Cause as you said, because just because you wanted to do it one way, doesn't mean that they want to do it one way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Um, when, when you go in a SaaS, you're like, I'm going to build a product that just scales infinitely and I'm not gonna have to deliver a product for the first or a service for the first time in my life. You know, like people onboard when, 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 uh, you know, for, for newer founders, when they get their first customer that onboards themselves and gets sold there, you know, it's like a magical thing, you know? Um, and there comes a point where like that just plateaus and you need to think about, all right, what smaller increment incremental changes can we make that can increase conversions? What are the things we really should be focusing on now, um, to increase conversions even more and testing and really like I have a, I have a secret marketing, um, tip. That is like the biggest secret, uh, you know, that, that I, I feel like it's the biggest secret of all when it comes to marketing. And that is, um, don't assume always test, always test stuff. You'll never know it's going to work unless you test it. And most people just think, oh, we'll just put it up, you know, and, and if it works great, and if it doesn't, we'll redesign the whole entire website next year. And then we'll redesign the whole thing again the next year. And if you do that, you just don't know what's working, what's not working. You're just like, you know, you're just kind of throwing a bunch of spaghetti 
at the wall, uh, at a new wall and you're not looking at the results, you know, yeah. uh, what's sticking. You just, you just throw the spaghetti at the wall and walk away and then try it again next week. And you're not looking, looking at what's sticking at when, and what's working. So, but yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, and then right. you also lose what, what stuck before. Yeah. And you lose you what stuck before and you, you'll never know. You'll never know what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest and most important things is, is to measure everything. Yep. And A-B, A-B tests and measure everything so that you could see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, 100%. And it's so easy too with, with things like Google Optimize and there's no reason you can't really get started with that, whoever you are. Yeah. So. All right. So we've got the clients now. We've converted them. Now, how do we keep them and keep them happy and keep them pain? Um, Lincoln Murphy talks a lot about this. He talks about uh, functional completion of the product and then desired outcome. And um, what that means is how I've interpreted that is uh, if you have a CRM, then your customers, the desire or the functional completion of the product is having a CRM with all of your customer data in there that's running perfectly, sending the emails out on time, you're following up with people. The desired outcome though, is that you get more sales. And as a CRM, you can't guarantee that a sales guy is going to make more sales. You can guarantee that he's can he can run his leads better and manage them better. But really, the desired outcome is what somebody signs up for your your product for. They, they're signing up for a really specific result. And if you have if you don't have product market fit yet, and you're still trying to figure that out. Um, then it might be a lot of different things. You might have teachers signing up for your tool and car mechanics, and they all have different objectives. But but when you really can start to scale is when you identify a market that you can really deliver a desired outcome for, and you really help them get to that desired outcome. Um, Sujan Patel, I think, is really, really good at this. Uh, if you look at Mailshake, Mailshake is a tool that helps you send cold emails. And... Um, and it's a really great tool. It's really simple, but what he also provides is this like master guide on how to write and send cold emails, when to send them, what emails to send, what sequences to send. Um, yeah, and it's not part of his tool, you know, like his tool isn't, uh, how to write really good cold emails, but he knows that if his customer doesn't have success with cold email, they're going to stop paying for Mailshake. Even if Mailshake delivers on the promise of their tool, which is sending out cold email, that's not what what your customers really want. What they want is more sales. So if you can close that gap between um, the functional completion of your product and the desired outcome, the more you can close that gap with either free resources, with communities, um, helping customers use the product better, uh, you know, workshops, um, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and that's where it really comes down to retention is all about keeping a customer around and making sure that they achieve their desired outcome and continue to achieve their desired outcome. Um, and, and, and the gap for some companies is really, really big, you know, um, and, and for some companies, it's really, really, really small. It's like, as l- if you functionally complete this product, you get your desired outcome every single time. And if that's you, great. If, if you have a bigger gap, you have to look at what are the things we need to provide to customers so that they need to have more success. And that becomes your retention strategy. And so a lot of companies, uh, will have like special groups, 
um, you have, you join a community when you join the so software and, and in the community, there's resources and there's guides and there's like how you do this and how you have more success with this. They do webinars on a monthly basis. Um, think about, look at your customer and identify what are the things that they need to get their desired outcome? What are the gaps? And then you don't have to fill those gaps. Find you can find other people to fill them. You can find somebody else who's a email cold email expert and interview them and get their feedback and then create a workshop and 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 tell customers you need to go through this workshop in order to have success uh, with the product. Russell Brunson is another really really good example um, with ClickFunnels too. Like ClickFunnels delivers what they're really selling is the dream, right? The dream of of making a lot of money online. But even if you create the perfect funnel and click funnels and it's beautiful and you have all the steps and the upsells and the downsells, if you don't have traffic, like you're, you're out of luck, man. That's why, yeah. that's why Russell wrote that whole book, the secrets, like, you know, um, uh, trilogy or whatever, how to get traffic, how to get, how to get customers, how to really position your product, how to overcome objections. Cause those are all the things that you need to do in order to have success with click funnels. And that's also why click funnels had, um, I don't know if they still have, but they had a churn problem because people would sign up, they wouldn't get the result, and then they would leave and they blame it on ClickFunnels. So anyways, that, that those are some thoughts on on the retention. I'm ha really happy to go into like more detailed retention strategies too, um, if it's helpful. But but that's really the the, the strategy there is, is closing those success gaps. I think it's really good as well because it helps you not only there and retaining your clients, but as it brings you back to the front of the funnel, the top of the funnel. Exactly. Because you're creating content to help people and that content goes and and brings people into your funnel as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you create a good piece of content, the ultimate cold email guide and and in the guide it it talks about Mailshake. You know, you're moving people into, you're showing people how to use your product to have to get the desired outcome they want. And that's, that's great for customers and it's great for people who are customers because they get to see how to do it. You're exactly right. Excellent. Well, Aaron, I, I mean, we're out of time and I want to keep going and diving deeper, which uh, really sucks. <laughs> and I'm sure. Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of um, really general advice out there. I, I really like to be specific. So if, if you know, if at some point I'd love to come back on, if if you if you like that, we can talk more in specifics about one of these specific strategies and really get in the detail in the weeds about it. Or um, you can reach out to me as as a listeners of the podcast. Like I'm happy um, to to chat with any of your anybody who's listening to get to just give them more advice and feedback on on specific things. But but yeah, I. I, th there's a lot of stuff to go over in a short amount of time. So, uh, so yeah, but I hope it was helpful. I, I think it was, and, uh, we'll definitely have a follow-up, uh, episode, but for all the listeners, um, I'll put your a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people could one click and find you. But also, uh, for everybody that's listening, you run a, a really great fee, uh, Facebook group. Can you just give a 30 second intro to that and how people could find it? Absolutely. If you go to Facebook, type in SaaS growth hacks, uh, you'll see a picture of me on there. Um, I know you don't know what I look like because we're on a podcast, but um, I've got I got kind of brown hair and and I got blue eyes and and so you'll see you'll see me. Uh, that's how you know it's a SaaS growth hacks Facebook group. There's about seventeen thousand members in there. Just click join, answer the questions, get in. There is so much valuable stuff in there. Just search for whatever you're struggling with. 
into the search bar and you'll find tons of threads, people answering questions that you, you have about, about your, um, about growth and scaling and investing, anything you can think of. It's a great group. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Excellent. I highly recommend it for everybody listening. Aaron, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io.